I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Rosales. We are recording this on Wednesday, July 29th. Yes, it is Basketball's Returns Eve. That's a horrible name. I should have come up with something better. <laughs> First um, of all, Basketballs. I like it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have a, an action-packed show here. Um, you're probably listening to this on the first day of the return of basketball. So... Yay! Merry Christmas to everyone. Uh, so before I continue rambling on, I want to pass it over to Dre. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I don't feel bad for that intro. It couldn't be any messier than those weird-ass graphics they're putting on the court and the scoreboard glitching <laughs> yeah. and every other hiccup they've had doing these um, doing these scrimmages. So uh, before I get messy myself, I'm going to pass it over. Pass over this hot potato. Jason, how are you doing? <laughs> it's good. First of all, it's good to be back with you guys because last week I couldn't join you guys, but you know, you guys held the fort and I thank you very much for that. It's just good to be back talking basketball and you think about it. It's it's we're it, we're still and you know, knock on wood, we're still in this golden pandemic, but we have sports back. And yesterday was the day where we had Raptors, Blue Jays, and Hawk and the Leafs playing on the same day. It's a little crazy, but basketball is back, and I can't wait to talk about it. Before we do that, though, Jay, we got a special guest on for today. Yes, we do. And if you are like me, you kind of tend to listen to specific podcasts, more specifically, Raptors podcasts often. And mm-hmm. one of my favorites is the Rapcast. And we are. Very honored to have the host of the Rapcast, Samson Folk, on the show today. Welcome, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing What's great. Up, Thank you very much for that that kind intro. And I gotta say, the trio of you guys, your rapport with each other, makes me feel like maybe I need a co-host at some point. You're so smooth <laughs> with it, guys. <laughs> We've been doing this well, for for two years and it's it's kind of strange to think about it because we hardly have spent any time together any i want to say maybe two hours <laughs> or three like hours physically yeah physically, physically together yeah. so now with the fact that we have to do this uh in in you know in disclosed locations it's kind of nice to have somebody else on here so we can all kind of shoot the shit and talk basketball man so thank you so much samson for coming on but Jay, let's go right into it, man. Basketball yeah, is back. Yeah, absolutely. Basketball is back. We've got all kinds of things happening. And, you know, the latest news out of, out of the NBA today is that for the second, I guess, update in a row, we are at zero positive COVID nice. tests. That's amazing news. Woo-hoo. But before we even get into basketball, that, I got to tell you. like, I, 16 I kinda... better than uh, the, the Marlins? Than the Marlins on their own. I don't know, 18 better than the Marlins? <laughs> yeah. Um, 19, but, 20? <laughs> Too many. Uh, I don't know if you guys could tell. You probably could in the excitement in my voice off the top. I'm very excited to have Samson joining us here. And I want to use this opportunity before we delve into the basketball is to kind of pick his brain a bit. Um, you know, all of the listeners here, you're, you're used to hearing his voice in the Rapcast. And I kind of want to use this opportunity to kind of reintroduce him to to the rest of of the followers here and listeners so so samson i mean what what 
interests me about you too, among the many things that you know you do over at Raptors Republic, is is that you're able to 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 write and to podcast, not in Toronto, not in Canada, not even in the states. You're all the way out in in Puerto Vallarta. How are you doing that? Like, how are you able to? I guess stay close to the pulse of the Raptors and 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 be in a location that's not in Toronto. Yeah, that's a great question, and the the most obvious part of it is something that you guys already capitalize on when you're talking about being in your own separate locations, but getting together to be all separately but together part of the podcast that you guys do. That's a rap podcast, and for myself, obviously a bunch of different writers. They're welcoming when you want to do podcasting. The internet is what it is. It allows me to access a lot of different things. But I have an opportunity to shout a couple guys out. Blake Murphy, Louis Satsman, as far as guys who helped me kind of get a beat on what's going on in Toronto at the time. Um, being able to talk with those guys quite a lot, and especially Louis. Louis and I, kind of like running mates, Louis even will ask questions for me after games if i'm writing something specific like that type of helping me out that type of allowing me to be able to write specific things because he's willing to go ask a question on my behalf and even in the playoffs nice. last year like that's that's how good a friend and a colleague lewis has been to me and obviously blake murphy his blogging tree or writing tree of people he's connected and brought up is getting larger and larger those guys help a lot and a big shout out to zarar Siddiqui who is one of the head honchos over at Raptors Republic. When William Liu left, he, he said, hey, Sam, do you want to wanna get after it? And I was like, hell yeah, let's get after it. And so <laughs> basically the internet plus some very kind and talented people. You, you, you mentioned a, a whole slew of very important names in, in Raptors Twitter. Uh, I had the, the honor of, of being able to get, have a media pass for the first time this year. And when I attended the game, it was against the Rockets. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Lewis. And I got to say, you know, he was the most welcoming of all the media members I've met. And he instantly tried to show me the rope. So, you know, I appreciate that from Lewis. So, I mean, I, I echo your sentiments there. And, and speaking of Lewis, you and him have uh, some very exciting news that you dropped on us. The, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Um, you care to tell us about uh, Minute Basketball? Yeah, uh, thanks for bringing it up. By the way, it's always good to get a plug-in, especially when it's new. But Minute Basketball or Minute Basketball, Minute Basketball. I was going to ask, this, should, should it be Minute or Minute? <laughs> <laughs> Either or. That was, that was kind of the appeal of the double entendre because we had the Black Box report that we did on Raptors Republic. It was a joint article that we did all year. And if anybody wants to go back and read any of the installations or publications of it, we predict things and look back at the week simultaneously. And I think it was actually a very, very well done article, although Black Box Report was kind of alienating. When people saw it, they didn't really click on it. It never got traction on Twitter. I look at some of the pieces I've put out recently. They've been doing really well on Twitter, receiving a lot of support, which is wonderful. But the Black Box Report... Lewis and I probably put more work into that than anything else that we've written this year, and it never got traction. And I think that was our fault in how we produced it and how we put it out. It just kind of, it wasn't received very well. So when we were thinking, okay, we need something that's catchy and grabby, we thought Minute, because Minute Basketball sounds like it's really accessible. It's something that we can just, some, you can pick up and put down. And also, since we both are comfortable with our voices and talking, there's an audio version of every single piece we write. If you want to take in our content as a podcast, you can do that. So that's why it's a minute because it's kind of quick when it's a podcast or on the face of it seems like that. And minute because we want to get specific. We want to get detailed. We want to get into the minutia of everything. And so minute because Lewis and I are both kind of nerdy about basketball, which you can tell if you read my articles I put out recently, just doing deep dives on OG or Pascal Stiakam looking at every possession they play and telling you, hey, this is what I thought of it. And Minute Basketball is just the NBA-wide version of that. So it's not that we're disaffected from Raptors Republic. It's we're writing about the NBA-wide stuff right now, and we're trying to build something of our own and see how it goes. So thank you for letting me plug it. If anybody who is listening wants to, to uh, go subscribe, just go to my Twitter, and there should be links 
all over the place for that. But thank you for giving me the floor for that. I, I, the second I saw your tweet about it, I got we all all three of us got excited about mm-hmm. it uh, and, and subscribed immediately. Um, but yeah, there, and that's and I think that that's a great segue into where we currently are in the NBA. Right, there is so much happening, and with the scrimmages having just wrapped up, why don't we just jump straight into it and and talk a little bit about you know what how you guys all felt about how those scrimmages went. Um, you know, Dre kind of joked about it earlier with with the the visuals being a bit of a uh, a shit show there but um i guess i throw it out to to all three of you i guess maybe we'll start off with you uh dre uh what's impressed you about the let's let's start with the raptors here what's impressed you about the raptors during these scrimmages so yesterday we lost against the suns but what was interesting was we lost because everybody but OG and Anobi clearly wasn't really trying 100. Let's be honest, they really weren't. And that to me makes me feel better than if they were scrambling to beat the Suns in a scrimmage match and if they just faltered. And keep in mind, we only lost by like so much. Like it was either 11 or 9. Like it, it wasn't great, but it could have been much worse. So even in the loss, it was like, okay, they clearly didn't try. They're reserving their energy for, let's say, the Lakers game coming up, so um, that was all right. And when they did win, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they came from a deficit and came to win. So uh, even in the scrimmage, uh, either they're putting in enough hearts to show that they're ready, they're using this opportunity to figure out kinks more so than to prove a statement because we're second in the East right now. These aren't these games don't matter on that front. So it's either that, where there's a little bit of juice enough to show that we've got something and we can fire in all cylinders exactly when we need to, or it's just, yet again, another piece of evidence that Nick Nurse knows what he's doing and can outcoach anybody at any time as soon as he wants to. So even in the loss, it's like, okay, this is the Suns. We're really not trying that hard. We've got a big game coming up. Mm -hmm. So even in that, I'm not too discouraged. And I think, uh, for the most part... Okay, outside of the disgusting amount of turnovers, I'm liking the chemistry. I'm liking how a lot of things like um, Pascal's spin or Norman Powell just being Norman Powell in general, um, Van Vliet hitting the three ball, um, Lowry with the, the playmaking, Gasol with the, the space creation. Things are looking pretty much close to back to normal, and that feels good. So... I'm not too discouraged about that loss yesterday. I think things are looking pretty good for the Raptors. I think for for us as the like the for Dustin Raptor, all three of us, the best thing about having the two of you guys uh, is that we can kind of delegate which games uh, is going to be sh- seen by whom. And so Dre, you kind of got the the short end <laughs> of the stick to watch the Suns game, and we were all joking that like you know the Suns the Suns are kind of crap. So and and with that kind of uh, team, like yes, you want to put out the. Uh, effort but at the same time again it's the scrimmage and you have uh the the la coming in um on saturday you want to be fresh you want to be clear-headed with that so i don't take anything away not even from the wins too i don't take anything away from because it's just three games of scrimmage so i think what's impressed me the most with the raptors is that how cohesive they are still even the fact that they've they've haven't played for like what what almost three months now and they come back together in this bubble and yes they did have the advantage of going in there first um but they still feel like the team that we remember the the energetic uh, young scrappy team that comes off the bench the veteran team that starts in the beginning and then you have all these different looks from pascal from norm from surge and and especially 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 is the defensive schemes that Nick Nurse somehow just pulls out of his bag. And like sometimes they go through zones and three, two zones or sometimes boxing ones and, and the other, the opponent doesn't know what to do. And I think that's what impresses the most that we still see that cohesiveness. If we're talking about the bubble as a whole, uh, I've gone on record saying that I've never really trusted it until I see the players buy in. And I think you see it now. I think you see the players are buying in and uh, from the evidence of, you know, all these players on social media saying like what they're doing and and how, what the NBA is allowing them to do. Like even the NBA has has built a freaking barbershop for them. And they're trying all these different things with, of course, with the Black Lives Matter movement, albeit it wasn't the best thing when it comes to the, comes to the jerseys, but 
all the players seems to be buying in and i think that's what is impressing me the most um yeah i there's a lot to be impressed and there's you know there's some concerns like for example frevin bleeds knee when he got banged up versus portland that concerns me you want you want everyone to be healthy but all in all i've been impressed with the raptors honestly one stipulation off the start i think everybody had super good points but i think you guys are sleeping on phoenix just a little bit i know statistically they don't have a super good resume and they're they're standing is they didn't win that many games this year, but I think they're not a sleeping giant, but I think they're a sleeping tenth, nine, eighth seed in the West. I think they're a lot better than they look currently. But as far as the Raptors, the things I liked, especially since I wrote about OG and Pascal, I wrote about OG's dribble game, what he does when he puts the ball on the floor, and then you look is in the scrimmages, he looks like he's Rafer Alston or something, just <laughs> whipping out all these <laughs> dribble packages, all these combos. And then Pascal, one of the things I took away from his matchups against Bam Adebayo, Jonathan Isaac, Ben Simmons, and Giannis Antetokounmpo was that I wish he would go middle a little bit more often and utilize the middle of the floor and the mid-range more often. And then he did that against the Phoenix Suns, and he was doing a lot more guard-oriented type skills in these scrimmage games rather than going into the post, which is obviously comfortable to him and a strength of his, but he's stretching his game, stretching his legs in that way. So... I was happy with everything I saw, and they are a cohesive unit, as you said, as you pointed out, and it's just, it's nice to see them after 137 days come back and be the team that you remember. Mm-hmm. You know what, Samson, I do want to ask you, because after reading uh, your article, that Slaying the Dragons with Pascal, um, out of the three scrimmages, of course, we didn't see Pascal uh, versus Bam or Isaac or Adekumbo or Simmons, but... Do you have, did you see, is there anything that you've seen uh, outside of like, you know, his effort or his relentlessness, Pascal has like, have you seen, like, as I know that you've written out that you want to see him utilize the, the mid range as well. Did you see any of that during these scrimmages? Yeah. In that last game against Phoenix, I thought that he, he was attempting to go middle a little bit more often. A lot of the times, just because the Raptors have kind of kept his screen plays either as a handler or as a screener kind of under wraps. I mean, Lewis Asman had a great piece about it and how the Raptors utilize it. Clutch time, the Lowry Siakam pick and roll kind of being unstoppable. I think it was somewhere around 1.56 points per possession. Really effective stuff, but the Raptors choose to put Siakam in isolation quite a bit of the time. They kind of keep their hand hidden, which if we get that Buck series might end up being a really big deal or if, <laughs> if things get a little bit hairy in the second round. But as far as this, Anytime I see Pascal on ball, using screens, and using guard skills, I think that's really good. And I think there has been a conversation over the last few weeks that has come up about OG and Pascal being put in the wrong nominal spots. And how maybe, even though positions kind of seem outdated and antiquated right now, if we are going to talk about positions, Pascal is the three. OG is the four is mm. it, if you look at traditionally their skill sets and so anytime Pascal especially in meaningless games if he's going to be trending towards the skill set of a three especially if we're looking at a guy that wants to maximize himself as a player in this league I, I think that's that's brilliant I think that's the way to go so him stretching his legs in that way I thought was definitely a big deal the handle looks nice it's you know it's not perfect but he's shaky Karis Levert is one of the best ball handlers in the league. He doesn't look good when he does it either, but he's so shifty and he's mm-hmm. long and it's, it's tough to keep him under wraps. Pascal, I think, is the same type of thing. That jumper, he keeps working on it. It's, it's a little bit funky down low, but up top, it's pretty smooth. There's, he almost completely eliminated his hitch there. And he looks better pulling from the mid-range, whether it's a post-fade or anything like that. So I've, I've been really happy with what I've seen. I think there's lots of things to like for the Raptors, nice. and especially... Pascal and OG. Yeah. Yeah, when I was watching that game versus Portland, I think uh, like OG's handles were on display. He was so slick. He was so quick with his cross, and I'm pretty pretty sure he crossed a a, a couple of people over, and then uh, going baseline, dishing out to the three point line, dishing it to someone else who was open at three point. So yeah, like Pat, like again, Pascal is is improving every single time you see him on the floor. OG, his stock is going higher and higher, and I think everybody who's on the Raptors, they they people don't understand that they there are like seven eight deep that they either play amazing defense or have so many sets of uh, things on offense that's going for them so a lot of this 
um you know this whole thing about the raptors can be a serious contender yeah of course they can be a serious contender they're they're freaking second in the east so i don't see why it's surprising anymore that the raptors could be an actual contender for the chip again so i don't, I don't know I, I know these are just scrimmages but it's going to be interesting especially our first two games are going to be the lakers in miami yeah and well also uh, just another point sorry um, no go for it go for it is ogn and obi two foot stop in the lane that is not something that's been part of his game mm. and also when you look at his finishing at the rim he finishes at a way higher percentage when he gets to jump off of two feet instead of one i know you guys if you just think back to your like there's you'll have a memory of it but og jumping off of one leg his left knee juts way out yes and he kind of yes uh, he annihilates a player and he'll get an offensive foul because he gets a little bit spindly with his long extremities when he jumps off of one so the two foot stop in the lane especially with how physical he is i think is a really big development for him and we saw that against portland both finishing and before a pass so i think that's also a really big deal for 100 percent, yeah that's a very good point man i didn't even realize it but every time before og went up for a lip he'd always jut out his leg and i you know i think it's just one of those things where he's still so young and he's still growing into his body that he doesn't know how strong he is or how lengthy he is and that when he jumps he's like jumping like a gazelle and then when he gets uh called an offensive foul they have no idea why or he has no idea why so i'm glad that the coaching staff has worked with og understanding that hey this is how you get your balance this is how you're going to finish without uh, getting an offensive foul and og's soaking all in because he's young he's 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 had a year under Kawhi. he's had a year watching their team in the playoffs because he w couldn't play during the playoffs so it's it's so i'm very excited when, when it comes to og coming into the season yeah if you had asked me before yeah. the season started who you know which if if there's going to be one of the top seven Raptors who are going to be healthy for the most part in the season. Who would it be? The last person I would have named would have been OG. So the fact that he's been able to play mm -hmm. majority of the games this season is, has been a really good uh, bonus. And we've seen that development. Um, on the flip side, though, you know, you, you guys touched upon a couple of these things, a, a couple areas of concern here, um, whether it is the, the number of turnovers in that last game or... Um, you know how sloppy or or i guess there was a lack of effort in in the last game against uh phoenix are, are there any other things that jump out to you guys in terms of areas of concern heading into the reseeding games oh yeah ahead, no i was just gonna say dre when you were watching the phoenix game because i when i was watching the portland game i noticed that gasol only played 10 minutes did gasol play a little bit more i yeah he played like 20 so. i think yeah yeah um, yeah, he played like 20. I think the the dynamic between uh, Gasol and Fred Van Vliet have a lot to do with uh, the success. Gasol and Samson Razor pointed out that he he sets really good screens too, especially to get, get like Siakam open. So I, I haven't seen it, I guess, when it comes to these scrimmages again. These are scrimmages, so that's one concern. Uh, I know that you know Freddie got banged up in Portland uh, with his knee on knee, so I, that's a little bit of concern. Like, let's hope that's not like an Eric Gordon situation where he can't play for the for next couple of games. And yeah, so again, there's not many concerns. It's just more like let's get the season going. You know what I mean? It's only eight games, and then we got the playoffs. So let's. It, that's the only concern I have. Let's keep everybody bubble wrapped at this point. Yeah, I think um, these eight games are actually going to be worse than the first round for us. Because if we're doing the first round as is, we're facing, I don't know, a Grizzlies, or we're facing a Nets, or Wizards, I think we'll be okay. But we've got some ugly games coming up against, you know, the Lakers, the Bucks. Um, the Celtics are looking pretty frightening this year. Um, it's going to be ugly. So I think this is actually going to be harder for us than the first round, which is great because it's great um, practice and it, it gives uh, Coach Nurse a, a means to try and figure out um, backup options and emergency escape routes and all sorts of stuff before things get really ugly in the playoffs, which mm -hmm. is fine for us. So I'm okay with that. But we've got a bit of a trek ahead, especially starting off with the Lakers, a pretty healthy Sans Rondo Lakers. Is Anthony Davis playing? Because yes. I know that yes. he got. He, and he looks like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He's yes. got his dogs on. He's fully <laughs> he healthy. He's got to get that jump yeah. hook going. 
yeah, it's frightening. <laughs> Samson, do you have any concerns going into the season? Not particularly. I mean, there's always that there's always that notion in the back of your mind that something could always go wrong, and I think that's in you know there are some fandoms that don't really have that because they've been treated so well for so long, and then there are some fandoms Boston. that have kind of yeah <laughs> torturous <laughs> um, types of existence, and so. The Raptors for a long time were on the wrong side of that ledger, but now fairly good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep up with that ethos and keep the state of mind that considers you know what these are the good times. They'll keep on rolling. If it was the bad times, Fred VanVleet would be out for a long time, like he was before the playoffs that one time. So mm. I'm I'm considering that an omen of good things that he got that bang knee on knee, and and he's healthy and it, everybody's going forward. So I'm considering that an omen. A, a precursor to more success, I think. Yes, I love that positivity. The thing that's, that's kind of making the rounds on, on Twitter is actually not a lot of positivity. And that is, uh, you know, you've heard the term COVID-idiot, and it appears that a couple of those are rising up in the NBA. I'm thinking specifically <laughs> about Michael Porter Jr. and Lou Williams. So... I guess my broader question to you guys is who is the bigger COVID idiot right now? MPJ or Lou Will? Uh Dre, I, I pass it over to you first. Uh I need a uh uh pressure course. I, I don't need anything on Lou Williams. Uh, what what did MPJ do again? <laughs> MPJ uh he went on I think he was on either TikTok or he was on Instagram Live or something like that. He was just saying Snapchat. that he was on Snapchat. Oh Snapchat, yeah. yeah. He was yeah, basically he was on Snapchat saying something and, and correct me if i'm wrong but he was saying something how like uh, he thinks that covid is isn't a, isn't a hoax but it was really outblown and it, people shouldn't be taking this so seriously or something oh like that God. and it's okay. just it's just like okay you're you're in you're basically in this bubble that you're being tested every single day you're being um pampered really in this bubble in order to play a game that you're getting paid for and that you love right outside your bubble is fire and i don't notice if you don't notice it that's crazy but you all you even have people like kevin knox who who just tweeted that you know COVID hits home like his um his mom lost her aunt and uh his dad lost a close friend because of COVID. like you can't go out saying these things that you don't really know you're not a doctor uh people who are helping you are so if you really want to get the full truth and not say that things things are being overblown uh shut up right mpj shut up so don't don't like I, if anyone's a bigger covid right now like lou williams just wanted wings man mpj no, I, I, I still don't buy it no hang on i've got to disagree with you here and here's why are they both okay. idiots yes they are they're both absolute idiots and i'll explain why mpj is runner-up idiot because he's using a platform to discuss something he doesn't know about, and he's he's uh, he's poisoning the minds of, of people who are listening. Because let's be honest, celebrities shouldn't be idolized, but they are, and he's using this platform for the wrong information. And I've said this before to a bunch of people. I'm going to say it now on the record. These people who are privileged enough to not have had to have deal to have dealt with uh, COVID nineteen in any capacity are the ones who feel comfortable enough pretending it doesn't exist. So somebody who 100%. doesn't know somebody who's died from it, somebody who doesn't know who's somebody who's had it and has suffered from it. So keep it up, keep saying that because you're wrong and you're lucky that you have not had to have dealt with it in any capacity personally. But there's millions of people worldwide, billions of people worldwide who have suffered. So keep it up just because you want to get a haircut or some food or you want to do some privileged things because, you know, that's more important than lives. But I'm still going with Lou Williams and here's why. <laughs> okay, I can't <laughs> wait to hear this. I cannot wait. And I, I, I'm a big Lou Williams fan. So this is out of disappointment. This isn't out of hatred. This is out of disappointment. So he basically did the same thing except worse, and I'll explain why. Actions speak louder than words. This was an action. This wasn't a word. So Lou Williams had to leave for some personal reason, allegedly. I'm not going to write that out entirely. I don't know the full story. It was a but funeral. Here he goes. It was, funeral was, for it, a was it for sure? Yeah, he went. Uh, uh, he yeah, it was a funeral of I forgot who exactly, but he. It, it was, was a like a family 
friend's grandfather or something, I believe. Yeah, and after the um, funeral, that's where he went to Magic City. But, like, okay, like, you are granted this this access outside of the bubble for something important, and you go to a strip club, allegedly for wings. Yeah, because that, that's where you get wings. You, you have to get wings at a strip club. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, they look pretty good. <laughs> that, that doesn't matter. Like. Those wings were banging, dude. They look good as hell. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying they looked like good wings. No, but, but like, I, I hear you. I hear you, man. But like as a principal, this guy took it one step beyond just saying something stupid. He clearly did something stupid. And for, okay, for a selfish entertainment reason, this is also especially stupid because here the Clippers have a chance to finally do well for the first time ever. They've got Rivers as a coach still. They've got the one-two punch of Paul George, who can't lead a team by himself, but now he's the second option after Kawhi Leonard, who can clearly lead a team. You have the sixth man of the year of all years in Lou William, who uh, has, you know, the rest of the bench. There are so many options. So you have a team that could finally win it all and finally reclaim everything. All this hard work you've, you've done for all of these years to finally get this franchise out of the gutter and you're going to jeopardize it because you needed to see some shit and get some apparently really good wings. Like, I'm sorry, but how how privileged can you be? So on all fronts, I think it's really stupid. And I love Lou Williams. Again, this is not a disappointment. I, I think he's a great player, but come on, like, grow up. And like, the guy's <laughs> acting like he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, you did. Oh, you man, don't need like... to see naked bodies that badly. I think I would order it differently, and because... And somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I yes. think that Lou Williams would have reported it if it hadn't been figured out. I think he probably would have been honest. And if he was reporting it, then he's going to do his quarantine no matter what. Then it's kind of like, okay, fair play. You left the bubble. You did your thing. As long as you're honest about what activities you got up to, where you went, then the NBA can, with full knowledge, can make decisions. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what's happened, right? But if he was planning on hiding it, then he's much worse because there's a physical manifestation of, of his wrongdoings, his misdeeds. Michael Porter Jr. obviously has the potential to be far more damaging because as we've mm -hmm. seen with the NBA lately and a lot of, as you said, uh, Dre, that celebrities should not be idolized. And I do agree with that. But as you said, it, it sucks. And they are. He has a chance to, like you said, poison the minds of the youth or something like that. That's, that's paraphrasing. I don't want to get I Eric don't remember. and Terrence Davis <laughs> right away. Um, but anyway, he, he's, he's definitely that type of, I guess, what would it be? That type of speech is obviously very, very dangerous, especially in, today, in what we're going through right now and considering how prevalent and prominent misinformation has been, especially out of groups that are very, very, that have a very big platform right now. If you're talking about a Steven Jackson a Dwight Howard, anti-vaxxers, even Terrence Davis shared like QAnon stuff on his Instagram story. Mm -hmm. It's just troubling to, uh, you know, it's, it's very bad. And if this is something that is a growing, you know, side stream of thought, a new school of thought that's getting more and more prominent than Michael Porter Jr. putting his voice to that and also being a well-known within, I guess, the writers for a long time have known even before he was drafted that he is a a very big mega guy. He's a he's a Trump supporter, and that, you know, people they suggest that that comes from some sort of upbringing, and that's connected to one of his parents. Won't say who, but that that's <laughs> that's a prevalent story when you're talking about Michael Porter Jr. And especially if you're looking back at what he said about after George Floyd died, and he's saying, "Don't just pray for George Floyd. Pray for the cops who have the hate in their hearts." And it's just like this guy. Is not like Lou Will, you know, who's, you know, easy Lou, just chilling out, just wanted to get some wings, maybe see some butts. This is a consistent, <laughs> a consistent run of horrible form of misinformation. And That's horrible also true. Takes. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So if I was thinking about it, I think Lou Will is the better person and suffered from what I think a lot of people suffer from, which is the I'm special. I won't be the one who gets sick. And that's probably he said rationally i can go put my mask on go get these wings not smart but just an i'm special i can do this which, which can true. be damaging but and michael porter you... jr i think sorry go ahead 
No, I was just going to say, to your credit, you might be right that he might have actually brought this up. We'll never know because it was revealed that he was there uh, probably a lot more quickly than he could have, you know, said it himself. So that's a fair point. Yeah. And Michael Porter Jr. is just on a constant tirade of misinformation. <laughs> he wants to sully the youth with this QAnon and mega type of stuff. So for me, he's the bigger COVID idiot. But. Lou Williams is not exempt, especially since afterwards he seemed to want to tell everybody it wasn't a big deal. You know, you kind of you got to own that stuff at some point. I think all three of you raised some very valid points. Uh, you know, feel free if you're listening to to chime in with with your thoughts and who you think is a bigger COVID idiot here. The only thing I'll add to this is uh, so uh, there's there's a couple of us who are trying out this or on a beta version of this new app called locker room. So they're getting free promo here. And, uh, I am on that app and the app is kind of like a, it's a platform where you can run a podcast, but listeners can chime in. It's not necessarily radio, but it's a more interactive, uh, type of podcast environment. And, uh, I ran an episode on Sunday with, um, Drake Denno of, uh, Bucks Twitter, as well as uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. And Jake Fisher was talking about Lou Williams. And he's the, the one thing that he added, because he used to cover basketball for, for Sports Illustrated and did a lot of the you know, traveling with the NBA. And one thing he did say is there is actually some validity to Magic City's wings. He said that... <laughs> He said that, you know, NBA players know that specifically Atlanta, of all places, um, Atlanta's strip clubs actually do have legit food. And like players know when, you know, when you're in Atlanta, that's that's kind of a thing to do. So I, I wouldn't say that I, I'm not going to say that Lou Will was mainly there just for the wings. But if he says he's there for the wings, I would almost believe him. <laughs> just because it's a known, I guess, place for good food. So um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a I, pillar. It's a pillar of the Atlanta culture. It's it's like a super big deal. It's strip clubbing is not necessarily about, you know, the, I, I guess, very adult ongoings there. But it's it's definitely it's, it's a hangout kind of like a like a lot of different places would be in Canada or America. Well, I guess Atlanta's in America, of course, but it's definitely known as part of the culture there and not necessarily just, hey, let's go look at some naked girls dance. There's definitely that aspect of it's this all-encompassing entertainment plus food ensemble. Right. All right. in all, if any strip owner, stripper owners are listening... <laughs> We are strip club free, owners. Stri yeah, strip, strip club owners. I'm hoping they're not stripper owners. That's something else. That's something else. Okay, my bad. <laughs> strip club owners, I we're down for you to uh, uh, sponsor us. So it's all open. I'm just just put it that way. We'll get free wings. Uh, thanks, thanks, Jason. Now all of our wives and girlfriends are going to be pissed for the rest of our lives. Like, you, thank goodness, you so kindly. They don't listen. Anyways, but let's take a break real quick. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the restart of the season. Talk to you guys soon. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, I'm not saying you have to go to gentlemen's clubs to get what you can get from this service or product, but they do them really well in Atlanta, I've heard. So, <laughs> man, the amount of times I've said strip in this uh, podcast is not very good. But now, we're not okay. talking about chicken strips either. So, I mean, this, <laughs> or, is, this is a or first. Or are we, Dre? Or are we? This is a first. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, if you guys have all, Raptors fans right now, if you guys are listening, I know you're excited for the ba- for basketball to come back, specifically Raptors basketball. And the season of us defending our championship is on, is coming back this Saturday versus the LA Lakers. So I wanted to ask you guys, just, you know, out of curiosity, honestly, because I'm still trying to figure out my own plate, if you will. But Samson, I'm going to go with you first and I'm going to head it. We'll leave it to Dre and Jay. But I wanted to know, we're coming back to basketball. What is your, how how are you basically preparing this Saturday? What is your go-to meal? What is your routine? Are you going to put uh, wings and dip and salsa and nachos? (laughs) Are you going to put, you know... Uh, I don't know, queso, whatever you will. What is your go-to meal for this Saturday night? I got to be honest. I saw this question uh, on the agenda, and I thought, oh, okay, well, either I'll have to make something up or I'll have to be honest. And I guess I'll just be honest because I thought it would be, you know, it'd be very nefarious to come on this podcast and lie. So I'm not that much (laughs) a creature of habit. I'm like a, a slovenly chimp that, (laughs) <laughs> rummages around his apartment looking for any type of food at any given moment and that's probably going to be what happens prior to tip off unless you know i find myself feeling particularly organized with with time ahead of me i might go get something i might rummage around for what to cook maybe i'll make chicken and rice who knows but oh nice it, it'll be something i'm sure yeah chicken and rice very very expensive <laughs> sam your your taste buds know no bounds um <laughs> but i probably I could not tell you what I'll be eating because I do not plan basically anything in advance except for my work regarding mm-hmm. like basketball. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. And that's what I'll be doing Saturday. So I like if it. anybody listening is interested, know that before tip-off, I'm rummaging around my house, throwing things <laughs> into my mouth that... Could or could not be food. I'm not sure. Are could you the type Magic of person? Magic City Wings. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. From Atlanta specifically. Scrambled are you, eggs. Sorry. You scrambled eggs. Are you that type of person that you have to know what show you're watching before your meal is hot? Like if you had, let's say you microwave the meal, like a hungry man. All right. And you have it, but you don't know what you're on, what you're going to click on Netflix. Do you have to like reheat your food in order to like eat the food and then watch? Yeah, that's a very specific oh, no. question. It is. <laughs> The more esoteric, the better. There are people out there who want to know what does Sam folk eat and at what temperature, and we are catering to well, you. If they sir don't, or I do. All right, listen. I will. I'm. I'm very interested <laughs> in what Sam's and folk has in his camp uh, pantry. All right. God damn it. <laughs> I eat of food w- at any temperature at any given time. <laughs> Amen. Especially a scrambled eggs. Dre, what about Dre? What yes. about you, man? What is your What is your um, snack or your pre-game snack you're gonna feed off of uh during the raptors game so specifically the like this first one that's coming up yes um i don't know in a literal sense uh but if i could like just decide something so the snack i think nachos are, are pretty good but i think they're kind of overrated i want to go for something like uh like i don't even know like um like maybe like a dip of some sort or okay um, actually no i lie i lie uh, I'm gonna go fully 
fully Mediterranean here, uh, as per my roots. I'm going to go with uh, just a whole platter of bread, um, an oil okay. and balsamic vinegar dip. Ooh. So basically mm, olive oil, balsamic vinegar. Yep, I'm just going to uh, eat that until I feel sick. And then we still have half an hour till the game starts. So I was like, okay. Um, for the actual food, I'm thinking like a hearty, rare steak sandwich. Like just just something messy and like just like pub-like. Maybe um, nice. power up some sort of a side, but I don't want to be too unhealthy. So maybe some like grilled veggies. I'm thinking peppers or um, Man, like an array of peppers. Whole spread. Yeah, this is an important occasion. Basketball's back. It is. It is. <laughs> or um, if I'm feeling really lazy, something I've been hankering for lately at... Um, Oh god, not Chipotle, y'all. What's it called? Oh, I don't remember what the restaurant's called. Burrito Boys? No, it's not it's not a burrito. Why Fat Bastards. No. Hmm. Um, I'll have to look it up for you. But uh they have whatever this place is, I'm sorry I can't give a shout out. My brain is fried. I only know movies. Um it's they've got this teriyaki beef bowl where I can get like little chickpeas in there Jeez. of rice, um, broccoli, uh, spinach, all sorts of stuff. And it's to die for. And I wish I could remember this place. This is mightily embarrassing. <laughs> that's that's a spread. And and Jay, please don't say just eggs. No, I well I I, I can't. It's the the game is at eight thirty. Like I, I'm not okay. First of all, there's there's nothing wrong with eggs at any time of the day. But uh, I am the I'm definitely going to be eating chips. I, that's my go to. Nice. I always have almost always have. Something salty, chips typically chips. Um, not even like a flavoring thing. Really just regular or lightly Wait, salted. Can I interject? What yeah. is your favorite type of chips? Wait, give us a top three, please. Chip chip flavors are one of the best discussions they yes, have in the world. I agree. Way. What are your top three? True. Ooh, man, I got caught me off guard. Because like, you know what? All I've been buying for the last, I don't know, <laughs> I would say two years has just been regular. Now, I'm not saying that that's my favorite. That's just what Whoa. I'm always buying. Mm. Yeah, there's no flavor. I just no want ketchup, regular no barbecue. But, but if we're gonna go with with flavors here, uh, the, what I really want number one for me is Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Good choice. Good choice. And then after that, everything is like, it's like it's head and shoulders above everything else. So I don't even have like a two or a three. You don't like that spice? Uh, no. I have quickly remembered the place. It is Freshy. That is the restaurant with oh, the, the I do know ah, yes, 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 yes. I yes. don't know how I could forget, and I had to look it up, which is so stupid, and I shouldn't have admitted that. I should have played it professionally. Moving on. Uh, Samsung. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have the top three. Uh, I imagine. I imagine you guys all do, but I'll just fi quickly finish with saying, yes, it'll definitely be chips and... and if if I'm feeling uh, like it's extra special, which I think it is, uh, I'll probably crack open a beer. Um, and as for the routine part of it, I always, always, always on Raptors game day, make sure I am wearing a Raptors shirt nice. or okay. something with the Raptors logo on it. So that's that's my routine. I love um, it. But yeah. I love it. Uh, all right. So <laughs> if anyone is still listening, I swear we will talk basketball again. Uh, but to answer Samson's question, because Jay was kind enough to give me some time to think about it. But Samson, I got to go with I got to go with a Jay's Cool Ranch Doritos. Number two is going to be Ruffles Barbecue. And then number th mm. number three has got to be original Misfix. Oh, we're doing chips. Okay. Oh, yeah. we can. That's, oh, a, that's a good top three. Very solid. Okay. Very solid. Um, I can't complain with that top three. I like that top three. My uh my my one, and it's not any brand, it's just in general, is ketchup. I'm Canadian and uh I don't it, like ketchup, it, man. I know, no nobody else does either. I'm I'm a I'm terrible on chip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love ketchup of any sort, so there's that. Uh, number two, I'm gonna have to go some spicy ass Doritos of any sort, just anything. Like, give me those those uh, Russian roulette ones. I'll have those. Um, nice. I love spice. It's to die for. Um, three. Oh God. If I I feel like I feel like I have to say Cool Ranch because everybody else is saying it, but I'm not. I'm not a Cool Ranch Dorito, so I'm not gonna be cool and say Cool Ranch Dorito. I'm gonna go something simple like an all dressed. You can't go wrong with that. Nice. I suppose I'm the logical endpoint. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, you are. No, my chips. Yes, All please. three of which are not available in Mexico. So 
So oh, very oh. sad. The world's tiniest That's a bad start. violin plays for me. Yeah. But I would put in no particular order. Dill pickle of any oh, oh solid. Okay. Cool okay. ranch, Doritos, and then all dressed ruffles. None all dressed ruffles, there we go. Most. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, man, none of those three are in Mexico. Jeez. You know yeah, what? Tragic. You know what's a dope ass chip that I can only find in America? Have you guys heard of uh, blue cheese buffalo wings? Oh, oh no. no, man! I know no, it sounds it monster. sounds gross, but I That's guarantee a chip you that sounds repulsive. You gotta try <laughs> it, man! You, gotta, you trust it? You gotta try that shit. It's good. Like, blue cheese already is like very particulate. Like you have to have like the right kind, otherwise it's yeah. like licking a foot. It's, like it's true. I and can't imagine like a, a chip. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so fans, if you guys are still listening, uh, let us know your top three chip. But before we go, I want to uh, Jay. Can you let us know what's going on uh, with the Raptors? Yeah, before yeah, before we um, uh, delve into other foods that we love to talk to love to eat, um, <laughs> we should probably talk a little bit about the Raptors. Uh, I guess upcoming so. schedule. Yeah, I guess so. We got the Lakers coming up on saturday but i guess more on a, in a broader sense i mean the, these eight games that are coming up that are going to determine you know where the raptors are going to end up which is more likely than not going to be the two seed but um in terms of ironing out you know how everything that we were talking about earlier right i mean uh, you know samson mentioned it earlier about um you know a couple of the articles he's put out and specifically the article that he had about um Siakam and how he's going to do against these this gauntlet of defenders in the playoffs, um, namely Ben Simmons, Jonathan Isaac, Bam Adebayo, and Yanis Antetokounmpo. Is there um, uh, there's there's a couple questions I'm trying to ask here, but really, is there an ideal playoff route that you see for the Raptors that you're hoping for for the Raptors? And on the flip side. Is there a worst case scenario type of playoff route that you you see for the Raptors? Uh, who wants to take this first? I can go first because my answer is just going to be short. Because <laughs> no, honestly, the only the the oh, listen, every everyone uh, is going to besides the Raptors fans are going to find a way and find somehow to say that the Raptors are uh, either not. Uh, favorites or they're they don't have the star on you know the i guess what i'm trying to say is like the the biggest basketball the best basketball player that's on the floor at that time and you know it could be true when it came to miami or or milwaukee or 76ers or whatnot but i feel like the only thing i want to see and i think that the raptors uh twitter sphere raptors fans are dying to see is just give us a celtics versus raptors Give us, you know, as long as the, you know, we can steamroll over Nets, we can steamroll over their magic. I just want to see a, a Celtics versus Raptors. And that also means that if the seeding is now, that we don't have to face the 76ers at that point. So I just want to see in the second round Celtics versus Lakers. And hopefully we, you don't have to see the Bucks because the Bucks might face the Heat. But if that's going to happen in the conference final, that's fine. Just give me a Celtics versus Raptors, please. Seven game series so we can finally say the Raptors are better. I just, you know. Just well, are you it. sure you want that though? Yes. Well, that well he well he does apparently. So, what do you want then? <laughs> um, <laughs> look for me. Anything in the East is relatively good because the bottom the bottom line is which team would beat the Raptors four times, um, in in a, in a best of seven, and I could only say that two teams are capable of it. I'm not saying are certain, but are capable of it right now to the best of my knowledge and that's milwaukee and boston i feel like and i say this as a 76ers fan as you all know by now um 76ers have some goddamn work to do and i don't see them going very far um i think the heats are kind of being slept on and, and can kind of do rather well but i don't know if they're gonna best us in four games um outside of you know out bio shutting down siaka maybe um <laughs> I don't know if there's like a worst case scenario unless it was like we face the Celtics and then we face Milwaukee, then that would be pretty bad. Otherwise, I feel pretty confident, at least with the East, it's who shows up on the other side with the West. That kind of frightens me because it could be the Lakers, it could be the Clippers, it can be the Nuggets, 
in a bit of a dark horse race. It can be the Jazz in a bit of a dark horse race. Um, I'd say it could be the Rockets, but I'm trying to be realistic here. Um, I I don't. It 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 could be really ugly. That's that's all I know. But in terms of the East, just the Bucks frightened me a little bit, and the Celtics frightened me a little bit. And otherwise, I think we're pretty good as long as we don't get some injury scare or anything, and we keep playing the way that we're that we're playing. So. All right, I I, I actually this am, is me. Oh, sorry. Well, no, actually, I was I was actually gonna say I know I it it actually it should be you, but and specific especially because I asked the question. However, I am actually really interested into hearing your answer last, so I'm actually going to interrupt, and I'm going to put my thoughts here and leave it to you last. All right, Samson. So, in terms of ideal playoff route, um, I agree that you know I'd love to see and finally put a I guess a a stamp on this Boston Toronto thing and just get this over with. We we've been wanting it for so long. Um in terms of a playoff route from an ideal perspective, um ideally we wouldn't even have to worry about Orlando whether it's Brooklyn or or even Washington which I seriously doubt, but like let's say Brooklyn somehow comes like out of the gates with playing as if they've got nothing to lose. Yes they are half a team right now but uh you know ideally they end up in the seven seed and the the raptors sweep them and they have this extra time to prepare for the eventual series against the i guess we're saying the celtics and then in the the eastern conference finals uh i actually don't mind facing the bucks it's it's the the wild card that is the heat or the sixers that's i don't know it it, it there's this nagging feeling in the back of my mind that has me uh, worry that if if they make it to the conference finals, either of those teams, and because they both have the tools to upset the Bucks, um, the Heat are two and zero against the Bucks this year. The Sixers are, you know, as as bad as they've been this season. If you're in a series with them, that is having to beat Simmons and Embiid, and like they they can absolutely um, put it all together for a series. Maybe they're not built for the regular season, but um, in a playoff series, that's a scary team. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is um, if Philly or Miami were to make it to the conference finals, that means that they figured out something. That means that they've been able to mm, overcome a lot of obstacles to get there. So for me, it is uh, ideally it is okay. It is uh, you know, Brooklyn in the first round, Boston in the second round, and the Bucks in the conference finals. And then we just catch them off guard because we know Budenholzer won't adjust or he might limit Giannis' minutes again. So for me, that's ideal. Um, other than that, I mean, in terms of worst playoff routes, I mean, I think that uh, the, the the magic coming out and kind of forcing the Raptors to play more than four or five games is is going to suck. Uh, it's not going to be ideal. Uh, a second round matchup against the, the Celtics where they push us to seven games is not going to be that fun. Well, I mean, it's going to be entertaining, of course, but not fun in terms of we'll be absolutely exhausted when it comes to the conference finals and then um yeah again I, i've kind of alluded to it but facing the sixers or the heat who have who would have figured it out by the conference finals is, is kind of a scary thought there um but yeah that's that's kind of where i where my head's at right now um but i've rambled long enough samson i'm the floor is yours now what yeah. do you think i'll add my voice to the crowd that's saying please give us the boston and toronto series 100%. i think that would be very fun i also think that boston is probably consistently the most dangerous team in the Eastern Conference outside of the Raptors and Milwaukee. However, good points about Philly. I think that Philly possesses all the tools and star power, provided that they have a... I can't remember what year it was. The Rockets were the sixth seed, and then they won because they were just an incredibly talented team who couldn't piece it together during the regular season. For whatever reason, if, if any team was going to do that this year, I think it would be Philly. I picked them before the season to win... The whole thing so mm-hmm. i do recognize the ceiling of that team i recognize the potential miami i don't i'm not impressed with miami i don't think they have a chance i think that bam Adebayo and jimmy butler are extremely good basketball players and fill a lot of different roles for them i think that they have a lot of specialists who help them fill out what their offense needs during the regular season and they did have a somewhat falling defense as the season went on they weren't able to that zone defense kind of was broken by the end of things. But regardless, uh, I think that the hardest route is Orlando, Boston, 
Milwaukee. I think the easiest possible route would be some crazy combination of Nets, Indiana, Miami, or something oh, like yeah. that. But I yeah. think it, it would be the most likely thing is that, that it is, I, I would guess, Orlando. And I'm looking forward to a series with Orlando. I love the cat and mouse game that Isaac and Siakam play. I think that's a really fun wrinkle. I am and have been for a very long time and much to the chagrin of the listeners of the Raptors Republic podcast, I spend way too much time talking about Marco Fultz and that dates back like a year and a half. I'm a big fan of his. So I'll watch a full series of him being slimy and snaking the pick and roll and punching through gaps to get to the rim on his way to like a five for 14 shooting night that I enjoy a lot, but that the Orlando probably doesn't appreciate so much. And Boston, I think that series is great. Tatum, I think is very real. I know Raptors Twitter and Raptors fans have, you know, kind of a tendency to downplay anybody that's kind of in league with Siakam. But I think Tatum is a, an incredibly gifted player and has made good on a lot of his potential. I think he's neck and neck with Siakam and he's equally as impressive. So. I think that he represents a very good player to go up against. I think, man, Kemba has had a really good year as a scoring guard, although he doesn't scare me too much. Jalen Brown had that outstanding off-the-dribble game when they played on Christmas, but that wasn't so much present in the other games. So, I mean, I think he's the X factor because I know Tatum is going to be good. If Jalen Brown suddenly turns into like this really heavy-usage scoring guard who's very efficient and also killing it on defense then that's interesting. Tice was underrated all year. I thought he was one of the better centers in the Eastern Conference. Totally underrated. And Smarf, the dude, I think he's, he's super fun, super wily. And I'm sure I'd be happy to come on and preview Milwaukee with you guys because that's a huge conversation. But you guys did mention there is the aspect of, well, Budenholzer, he'll probably just play Giannis 22 minutes a game and then losing <laughs> six or something like that. So I, that's that's one of the most intriguing possible series because the Raptors seemingly have the Bucks number. They have the scheme. They have the, the archetype type of wing players and, and bigs to kind of hang with Giannis and make really make the George Hills and Arsan Ilyasovas and the not-shooting-so-well Brook Lopez's of the world kind of sweat by the three-point line. So that... That would be a great series. I hope we get to see it at, as well as the, the Boston series and the Orlando series. That's my ideal way through. But hey, man, it's tough to win all those series as the Raptors. Kawhi's gone, and they're still really good, but it's, it's tough. It's not easy. Yeah, and, and we've seen that all year long. Every time the Raptors were up against the wall, the defense would show out, and it would bail them out in a lot of games, right? And that, that'll be an exciting thing to watch. I think this is the first time, I've, I've mentioned this on the pod before, but this is the first time I've genuinely been excited to watch a team, uh, a specifically a Raptors team, play defense almost as much as their offense. And mm-hmm. I've only experienced that with a handful of other teams in NBA history, never with the Raptors. Um, the Spurs come to mind, the Pistons come to mind. Um, but the two, to the point earlier about Philly being, um, you know, your your preseason selection for Eastern Conference champion. Um, I I quickly looked up our NBA preseason predictions, and both Jason and Dre had Philly at number one. So I think they would echo Previously. your, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I think you know, all three of you may have been onto something in the preseason. Um, it may not have turned out as as it as it did during the regular season, but. Uh, we definitely are at a point now where the with the reseeding game starting um, and basketball at a whole just being back is it's it's a very exciting time to be a, yes, a basketball fan and you know we were happy Samson that you could come on today and talk uh, basketball with us we you know we definitely would want to come have you come back on here but uh, this is a lot of fun. Hi man, I enjoyed myself immensely. You guys are consummate pros. I love the different. I got to disagree with everybody on the podcast, and I think everybody got to <laughs> disagree with me. That's what you need, me, man. Which, that's what you need. Oftentimes, I just talk to people on my podcast, and it's just like an exchange of the same opinion with a couple different operative words. But you guys, <laughs> we, got, we got something stirring here, something special. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's either we love each other or we hate each other. I don't know which one it is. But <laughs> Samson, again, we, we, we're so happy that you're on. Uh, we, I can't wait to have you back on if... if 
if you would want to and hopefully we can be on with uh, Raptors Republic as well uh, but fans Raptors fans Raptors are back NBA is back basketball is back give us your go-to you know meal when it comes to Saturday give us your you know top three chip when it comes to Saturday but until next time everybody Dre where can I find you man you can find me representing the ketchup chips of all of Canada <laughs> on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can find my film review and editorial website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com. My uh, top 100 films of the 80s is up August 3rd. So it's happening. It's almost here. And I hope you guys like it. There's going to be some weird crap on there. But uh, Jay, uh, where can we find you? You can find me uh, at uh, Rosalosaurus and... Uh, that's sorry. That's on Twitter. Uh, you can find uh, the wrap up, which is my weekly look at uh, the games of the week every Monday morning on Raptors HQ, which is also where you're finding this podcast. Um, and yeah, that's that's me right now. I'm trying to think of anything else I might be working on. Um, I don't have anything lined up for the locker room app, which um, I seem to be doing something every weekend. So that might change. So I guess stay glued to my Twitter in case something does come up. Um, but yeah, I'm just happy that basketball's back. And um, you know, speaking of basketball, and and we kind of mentioned it earlier with with minute or minute basketball uh, on its way very soon. I I throw it over to you, Samson. The floor is yours. Feel free to promote anything you like. Again, we are very happy that you could jump on with us, and uh, this was a lot of fun. But yeah, it's over to you now. Well, first of all, a second thank you to everybody for having me on. It's been a blast. All of your opinions very very important and i enjoyed them thoroughly and you guys feel good about your your knowledge base because you know what y'all come off very knowledgeable very enjoyable so take pride in that and in in a podcast well done but for my end of things um if the listener uh feels so inclined you can i I don't want to feel like i'm poaching listeners but if you do (laughs) want to listen to the rapcast i have uh interviews well not interviews so much but there will be episodes with the great Vivek Jacob, Coach Nick of B-Ball Breakdown, Dan Devine from The Ringer that you can look forward to, uh, among other, I guess Yasmin um, from Twitter, uh, Camarillo Drama, who does the Neon Playbook. She's fantastic as well. Um, she'll be on. And so lots, lots of great guests coming. And yeah, Minute Basketball, Minute Basketball releases, I guess it would be today for when you're listening to it. If you feel so inclined, go to my Twitter and click the link but yeah that's all my stuff so thank you very much for tuning into it if if you do it's uh very much appreciated hell yeah and you're gonna find all the links uh in our description samson again thank you so much for having us on you can find us at that's or i guess coming on to our podcast you can you can find us uh (laughs) that's a rap podcast uh on twitter and you can find us on instagram that's a rap podcast uh on instagram and you can email us at that's rap podcast at gmail.com you can find my work here on that's a rap you can find my work also at the wilder sports uh cast and until next time again saturday guys saturday girls basketball is back until next time that's a rap i agree <laughs> <laughs> that's your sign off nice <laughs>